everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation with successful business owners who share their secrets of thriving in business while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Hey guys, I'm Nancy, the Chief Flying Pig Wrangler, and I help entrepreneurs and business owners who know they have to make a move, but they don't want to just to move. They want to make it in a more sane, strategic, and systematic way, and they want to stop spinning their wheels. I know our guest today has some insight into that, so grab your pens and paper and get started to take notes. It's going to be good. Welcome, Vanda Corbett. How are you today? I am doing fabulous, Nancy. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to this. We've been sitting here talking for 20 minutes. I should have been recording it because it's been fantastic. But tell us a little bit about who you are and why this podcast was of interest to you. Sure. So um, my name is Vanda Corbett and I'm actually a doctor of chiropractic. And as we talked about for about 10 minutes before we got on here, I'm actually in practice in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. So I am Canadian, but I left for Dubai and the warm and the sun, leaving behind the snow um, about 11 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been here for, like I said, 11 years. So I just, yeah, love it. And I've just been in practice here. I'm active practice for chiropractic, but I also have a master's in positive psychology. So I do a lot of emotional work and mindfulness, meditation, goal setting, all that type of stuff with people as well. Why your podcast really just, when I saw it, I was like, Nancy, (laughs) get me on. Um, just because I also have been gone through chronic illness my whole life from about the age of seven, I started to get severe leg pain. And then I was diagnosed with reflex sympathetic dystrophy, which I have never talked to anybody else that has had until this very moment. (laughs) So, um, so, I mean, it's now known as complex regional pain syndrome. And at the age of 12, I was also told that because I had it in both of my knees is what really affected me. And I was in and out of a wheelchair, couldn't walk. I mean, the pressure from the bed sheets would just like put me through the roof. The change in air pressure when somebody came in the door in the hospital, it would wake me up. I would wake up screaming. So I've been through that chronic stuff that, you know, I know that you, as we talked before, have been through. Yeah. And Oh, yeah, it just a little, makes me a little teary. <laughs> I'm actually talking to somebody who knows what I'm talking who, about. Who gets it because nobody, yeah, we, we both just, were, were talking about oh my uh, gosh. the fact that doctors were telling us both that they were just going to amputate our legs because just they going to take it off. Yeah, I know. I was at the age of 12, I was given a choice. One was an epidural spinal block, essentializing, paralyzing me from the waist down. Or if that didn't work amputation. And I'm just like, I just remember looking at my mom and pulling out my own IV. And I was like, mom, take me home. You know, if, the, if you leave me here, they're going to kill me. So I was just like, let's go. So we actually checked out against medical wishes and, or medical advice, I guess. And uh, yeah, I mean, nowadays my parents probably would have been arrested, but <laughs> um, thanks mom and dad, if you're listening to this and they got me out just, yeah, it was just a such a journey from there on about 19 things kind of turned around for me a little bit. I mean, that was over 20 years ago now, and I'm still have lots of fatigue, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, you know, stuff that I still deal with on a daily basis, but yeah, I'm just here to just kind of share my story and talk with a fellow survivor. (laughs) And you know, I read something the other day that said it was a scientific paper on RSD and it said that it's been called the suicide condition. 
because there yeah. is no pain worse. No pain than RSD. Than, than yeah. what we, we deal with. Absolutely. I, um, I remember reading something when I was, this probably would have been 15, 20 years ago, but it talked about like a scale of pain, right? Where 50 is the amount of pain that would actually kill you. And like terminal cancer, I believe was around 25 severe car accidents is around 30, but RSD, like our complex regional pain syndrome is right up there about 45 to 48. So yeah, yeah it was probably the, the same paper. So there's no, and you can't, you can't, it's not like ouchy it hurts <laughs> or like or like well, some of the worst pain I can think of is like a paper cut you know it's like it's not like that it's just like constant never-ending enduring pain that you just can't describe yeah I heard something the other day that I think is really interesting and this actually can go towards the concept of the podcast and that's the the scale of one to ten that we all know of you know as what's your pain level today is absolutely ridiculous for someone who has chronic pain and who lives with it daily. And they had actually created a different terminology for it, I guess. And it was like, one day you may feel like you've been hit by a feather. Whereas another day, you may feel like you've been hit by the atomic bomb. You know, in all these different levels, there's a sedan, there's an 18 wheeler, there's a, you know, all these, and I'm going, you know, that makes so much more sense to me because there's never a time when it doesn't hurt. It's just the level of hurt. And, and I think that we have to take those things into consideration when we're trying to run a business. Absolutely. My favorite is I was hit by a Mack truck. That's what I've been saying for years. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I say that too. Yeah. yeah. But it's like when you get ready to get up in the morning, it's, you know, for me anyway, I, I lay there in bed for a couple of minutes until my cats jump on me and I go, oh, <laughs> ouch, guys. <laughs> but I'll, I'll sit there and I'll think, all right, what level of what what hit you today? <laughs> you know, <laughs> well today yeah. it might just be a, a tricycle, you know, or tomorrow it could be, and and that really guides what I do that day in my business. One hundred percent. It might tell is if I know how well I'm feeling that today is whether or not I wash my hair when I wake up in the morning and I'm like, is today a ponytail day? Or am I washing my hair today? Because washing my hair, obviously it's long. Like I know your readers can't see their listeners can't see, but it's quite long. And uh, it's like, if I wash my hair, I know that's 25 extra minutes of between showering and blow drying and all that stuff that I have to put out that output. Do I have the energy to do that? Yeah. <laughs> so Absolutely. that's, that's like, that's what I decide in the morning is like, do I, am I washing my hair today? Yeah. That's, you know, I, yeah. Or, and I'll do, do I even have the energy to get in the shower today? Or am I going to just give yeah, myself that a sponge what... bath? <laughs> you know, it's just, what yeah. are, or am I just going to stay in bed? This was interesting. One time I was at that point, I was still doing my pre-interview application process. So I was talking to people to see whether they were going to be a good fit for the podcast or not. And I had an appointment set up with someone that I really wanted, I thought I really wanted to talk with. And I had to cancel because I was getting ready for one of my surgeries. And the doctor had called and said, you got to come down here right now to get blood work. We've done something. We've misplaced it. You know, we, we need blood work. You got to come. So I canceled 
I said, I'm so sorry, you know, I apologize. Uh, this thing has come up. I, I need to go to my doctor's and let's reschedule. Well, and I'm not even talking to the person, I'm talking to the assistant. And wow. then I got back, okay, and they rescheduled. Well, then the next time my appointment with this person came up, I couldn't talk because I had strep throat. How do you talk to someone? <laughs> with strep throat, right? A little difficult for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so I had to cancel again. And I said, I can't believe this is happening. I'm so sorry. And I get back this comment that says, well, obviously you don't care enough about me to really consider talking to me. So let's just forget the whole thing. And I'm going, that can happen so often when you're dealing with a chronic pain issue. There are days, you know, I'm thinking, I was thinking this morning, do I really want to do a podcast? <laughs> yeah. And I'm so glad I did. But yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> you being here. <laughs> but, but it's, no, you, you have to yeah. figure out whether you can do it or not. Absolutely. And I, I was thinking as I, as you were just telling that story, I would don't want to be just like insert giant eye roll here. And, and that's the other thing. Maybe this is something really good for businesses, especially when you're trying to get towards things and do stuff. It's, it's always, remember, it's never about you, right? Cause some, some people take it really personally when you're, when you cancel on them or whatever. And that's one thing with people with chronic illness is that we have to just kind of accept is that people, some will, some won't, you know, so what? <laughs> You know, you just have to just tell your truth and be like, today is not a good day. And if the person wants to reschedule and they want to, you know, go forward with you, they will. And if they won't, eh, so what? Like next, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's something that we really have to, and here goes the mindset part of all of this is from the standpoint of the business owner who's running the business, who has the chronic illnesses. And it's more so with people, I think, who are just getting started, but I've been in business for over 35 years and I still, you know, I feel really bad when I get canceled out on or when I have to cancel on someone and I'm going, they're not going to like me and they're not going to want to do business with me. And, you know, you have all these voices in your head that tell you things that make you not want to stand out there and run a business. So what do you tell people when they're dealing with that kind of thing? Well, that's the, that's, you know, it's a very good question, but what I was just thinking about is, you know, chances are if you cancel on somebody and especially in today's world where we're so overworked and like stressed out and always in sympathetic dominance, you know, like our phones are continually going, we're always in that fight or flight mode. We're always just a little bit like on edge chances are if you probably cancel a meeting with somebody, they're probably really excited that you canceled. <laughs> I didn't want to talk to her anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, they're like, Oh, thank God. I got an extra hour for myself. You know, like I can actually do this other thing. So uh, I think that, you know, realizing that, I mean, don't get me wrong. Some meetings are very important and you need to show up for, and you need to like, you know, put yourself out there, especially when you're feeling, you know, like you have a little bit of gas in your tank, you know, go for it. But if you're on a day where you just can't get out of bed or can't wash your hair or, you know, just whatever you can't do that day, just realize that tomorrow is another day. Right. And that the sun's still, hopefully, anyways, after 2021, I don't know, but hopefully the sun will still come up tomorrow. <laughs> and that it's going to be okay if you have to reschedule that meeting and just be honest with them. Just be like, hey, I'm just not feeling very well today. And I think actually that's a huge lesson that 
people learned actually in 2020 is how like self-care in a way. I think people are working way harder than we ever have before this year, but also people also understand that, hey, if you're not feeling well, stay home. You know, just keep that cough or whatever to yourself. You know, like this is a, yeah, please, please, you're sick, stay home. So I think this year has actually brought a lot of recognition to like, I'm not feeling well. It's okay to stay home. Yeah. You know, so if anything from COVID, maybe this is something that's kind of come out of it a little bit, is a little bit more compassion for people that aren't feeling well and a little bit more acceptance because I used to know people that would come, even patients, for example, that would come see me because they had a scheduled appointment. And I look at them and I'm like, I I love you and I care for you as a patient, but what are you doing here? (laughs) You know, like you need a hot cup of tea and you should be in bed, not seeing me on your way home from work. You know, like you should not be spreading this around or anything like that. So I think that's actually one thing that maybe COVID has been good for is that it's like really kind of open people's eyes to be like, it's okay to take a day off. It's okay to sit for 10 days in quarantine. You know, or whatever, whatever your laws are in your country. In Dubai, it's 10 days. If you've been in close contact with somebody, you were expected to sit in your house for 10 days. So like, but people are starting to understand this, you know, so it crosses over into chronic illness as well. So, Yeah. yeah. Another thing that I think is really interesting, and I'm not sure if it's our perception looking out, if it's their perception looking at us or a little bit of both. But I know for a fact that women who have chronic illness often don't want anybody to know about it. They feel like they've been raised to take care of everybody else besides themselves. And it's their responsibility. And if someone comes up to them and says, hey, let me help you, that's unacceptable. They don't, number one, they don't want any help. They don't want to let anybody know they need anything, number one. And number two, when you're in a position, like I went for the very first time in almost two years, I went to an in-person networking event the other day, which wow, was- in person? In person. <laughs> It was amazing. Yeah. We're, we're people, pretty, real people. people. Yeah. Real <laughs> people. But it was because it was the first one in so long. It was like someone just opened the doors and, and the cockroaches all came in. Right. It was just like, shoom, and it was yep. in this tiny little reception area and bar of one of these upscale fancy hotels that had just been built in town. So it was small. Oh. There were furniture everywhere that you couldn't move. You couldn't get around because it was nailed down and everybody is, is walking like this. Well, in comes Nancy in the wheelchair And people just start backing away, right? And, or they would just look at me and go, yeah, right, whatever. And I'm having to go beep, beep (laughs) my horn, you know, excuse me, excuse me. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I don't know if you can't see me. (laughs) You know, but it was like nobody wanted to have anything to do there were a hundred my husband said he heard there were over 200 people in this little bitty teeny tiny area and it's like I don't know if they didn't want to have you know didn't want to see me didn't 
want to have anything to do with me because they were afraid of the wheelchair. But as someone who has an issue, whether you're walking with a cane or you're in a wheelchair or you're blind or you're deaf or something like that, people back away from you. At least that's how it seems is that they don't want to be anywhere near you. And that's really hard. So why do I want to make the effort to go out and be in business and actually, I mean, you can't tell I'm in a wheelchair here. You can see me and, you know, I, I look perfectly fine. But to go out and actually be in a meeting or something. And, and I think people have that mentality that they don't consider me as good as them because I've got an illness. You know, is yeah, that just me think, thinking that? or. Well- I, I mean, sometimes, I mean, you know, the, the saying that other people's thoughts are none of your business mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and people also have the right to their wrong opinion. So, you know, a lot of times people are just, I don't know a nice way to say this, Nancy, but people suck. <laughs> sometimes yes, they just they like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm trying to be nice, but that's literally just people just aren't very nice. But I think a lot of times what happens with people is they, they have a fear. And it's also fear of the unknown. So I know it it goes along with us as with somebody who has chronic illness is that you mentioned it earlier. It's like the shame of having it, right? Where then we don't tell people. Like I remember being 12 years old and getting myself propped up on the couch. And my parents at that time hid the wheelchair that I was in. They hid the wheelchair and I had two of my best friends come over. And I never told them that I was in a wheelchair because I didn't want them to know because I didn't want them to think, you know, any less of me or that I couldn't do something or anything like that. And then after they left, I realized I'm like, these are my, these are my best friends, you know, like if I can't share this with them, who can I share this with? Right. So as far as like getting out into the real world and meeting people, I think it's one of those things where that's why I'm so glad you're doing this podcast is because people like, you know, realize that just because you have a chronic illness, it doesn't mean you're dead. It means you're a survivor right? It's like the opposite of, you know, what people think that you are. If anything, people that have chronic illness, they're more fighters. They have better time management, right? Because you're able to, you know, that if you feel good for an hour, oh my gosh, give me an hour where I feel good. And I could take over the world. I can do three or four times the amount of stuff in an hour than a lot of people could do an entire day. Right? So I think people with chronic illness, (laughs) <laughs> I this I remember once when I was I was going to chiropractic college and I actually had mono for I, I've had mono three or four times uh, mononucleosis or if you're over here they call it glandular fever uh, I had mononucleosis a couple of times and the one time this was really quite bad and I was talking to a friend and she comes over and she sits down beside me and she's like Vander are you okay and I'm like I'm just you know I'm just I, I'm just going through some mono and I was going to classes but then I was going home and sleeping like 14 16 hours a day and just barely making it to class and going back and forth. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm like, I'm just coming out of a week of mono. And I'm just like, you know, I'm just barely making it through. And she looked at me, she goes, oh, she goes, so what you're saying is now you have as much energy as the rest of us. (laughs) 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 Because up until that moment, like when I was feeling good. So that's one thing that people just need to understand is like, sometimes having chronic illness isn't necessarily of course, it's a deterrent and that type of thing, but you can flip that and you can, you know, use it to your advantage. Like, you know, you can do things in one or two hours that most people would take a week. And once people realize that as well, like, you know, the saying, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. 
right? <laughs> so once people realize that, I think a lot more people would be willing to work with people, you know, that maybe don't look the same or have to use a support. And also like, I know I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent here That's because fine. it just makes me a little angry. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> but like having a wheelchair or having a cane or being on crutches, it doesn't make you any less of a person. Right. If anything, it just adds to your story. You know, and we all have these amazing, amazing stories. And, you know, and I challenge your readers, if you don't have a chronic illness, next time you see somebody out there with like, who's blind or, you know, maybe have hearing aids or, you know, even other like invisible things that you can't even see that you might pick up on, ask about it. It's not like if somebody were to, I can talk all day about what I've been through, but I don't bring it up in common conversation. You know, like, that's why I was so excited to talk to you. <laughs> And, you know, two, two things came to mind and, and one of them is, and you said the hidden and for so many of us, if we're not in the wheelchair, if we're not on the crutches, people with fibro, for instance, don't usually have show that they've got massive problems. You yep. don't know what somebody's got. You know, unless you talk to them about it. I try very hard and anytime I'm out and I'm with other people, I try to be just specially nice to everyone because you don't know what anyone else is going through. And that person standing there behind a cash register at the grocery store might have been standing there for 10 hours on their feet and they've got RSD in their ankles yep. and they just yeah. want to die, you know? So just be aware that you don't know what's going on with other people and be accepting of, of everyone. So that's the first thing that I try to do. The yep. other thing that I do and say, and truly believe, and, and I've gotten yelled at for this, there are groups out there where people just sit and whine and moan about how much pain they're in and how many, how the doctors treated them and all of that. And I'm going and, oh, I would never leave the house. You know, I would never do this. I would never do that. And I'm thinking I can sit on my couch or in bed and hurt and be depressed and sad and crying, or I can go out to the mall. I can go to a restaurant. I can go do wherever my husband wants to take me. And I may not actually hurt quite as much because my mind is on other things. Now yeah. I'll probably hurt when I get back home, <laughs> but the at next least, day, <laughs> the next day, yeah. But at least I would have enjoyed myself while I was out and have had got something to think back on and yeah. remember with pleasure. So yeah. I think there is really a lot of mindset and, and mental work that we need to One, do. 100%. I mean, you are in charge of your own thoughts. You know, you, you are in charge of what you think at all times. If you don't like what you're thinking, stop, <laughs> think of something else, right? You have, you're in full control of doing that. I know when people get into certain depressions and stuff, it's much harder, but still you're, you're still in control of your own thoughts, right? One thing that really kind of um, interests is just actually your posture. And especially if you're in a wheelchair or crutches and stuff, a lot of times we're much more hunched over. And so I don't know if you know this. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we're just interested in each other. We're leaning towards the screen. I found this fascinating, this, this stat, is that if you put your chin to your chest, like most people do when they're texting, yeah, that position, right? Mm -hmm. It automatically decreases your heart and your lung capacity by 30%. Wow. Yeah, just, just by doing that, just with, your, the, with that posture, right? Yeah. And then also, so you have, you have pretty much six major emotions, right? You have anger, disgust, fear, 
happiness and sadness. Yeah, those are kind of the six major emotions. And what they found, actually the University of Pennsylvania did this study, and what they found is that those emotions are are mostly conveyed in your upper body. So if you're able to actually just change your posture, just by like bringing your shoulders back, you know, if you find yourself kind of spiraling, like I'm just having a really bad day for your listeners, Nancy just set up straight. Um, <laughs> shoulders back. For, shoulders back. She just totally set up straight. So what is happening is you can actually change a lot of your emotional state just by changing your posture, hmm. right? There's a really popular... TED talk by Amy Cuddy, I believe it is. And she talks about power poses. Have you ever, have you seen that one? Yeah. Yeah. And just by standing like in the Superman pose, you know, with your shoulders back, your hands on your hips and just like, or or just sitting up straight you don't have to stand. Sorry. You're in a wheelchair, Nancy. (laughs) But just sit up straight with your shoulders back and your hands on your hips. (laughs) See, and this is the other thing. It's just vernacular, right? Just, you forget who you're talking to after a while because you're just you're totally normal. Anyways. Um, <laughs> no one's ever called me normal before. <laughs> well, I was trying to be nice. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, you sit with your arms back and your hands on your hips and you just kind of, even just sitting up like this, just for two minutes a day, it increases your testosterone and it decreases your level of cortisol, which is your stress hormone. So even if you're just feeling super stressed and you're just like, ah, what to do? Just sit up straight, put your shoulders back and just kind of like put your chest out towards the world and just be like, okay, here we go. And just by adopting this posture for just two minutes actually completely changes your brain and the way that you'll perceive things. So, I mean, there is, yeah, there is a lot of stuff. I mean, I know with chronic illness, we occasionally just go down the spiral Because a lot of times you're stuck in bed or you're stuck on the couch or you're stuck in a chair or, you know, you feel like you're in the corner propped up against the wall or whatever. And just like there, there is a lot of stuff you can actually do yourself so that you can just try to change your mindset so you can get up and wash your hair or get up and make that phone call that you want to do for your business. Or there's a lot of stuff that you can just by changing some of the posture. And you know, how simple is that? So easy. Yeah. Yeah. So easy. yeah. Well, and I know it to be the, the part about you can change your, your mind. You can, you know, change your thoughts because I was in that place for a year and a half. I sat in a dark, dingy basement in a corner, all curled up in the fetal position, basically, and just wanted to do nothing more than just die. Because I was so, you know, I was in so much pain. I was back and forth to doctors. I was frustrated. I was depressed. Nobody did it for me. I mean, I finally wound up saying this is absolutely ridiculous. I have got to change this behavior. And I just put myself, my mind into working and said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I can still, I'm not dead. This is a life changing disability, not a life-ending disability. Absolutely. 100%. And one of the things I tell myself now is when I'm looking at things and I said, what's the worst thing that can happen? And if it's not that that you die, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it can be changed. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I do the exact same thing as well. 100%. I'm sometimes I'm just like, oh, I just like, you know, I don't want to do this, you know, and then I'm like, okay, what is absolutely the worst thing that can happen? I'm really bored for half an hour. Okay. 
it's not going to kill me, you know, and I'm not going to die. So let's do it. You know, like, let's just get on with it. Yeah. I also do a lot of like uh, limiting beliefs, you know, a lot of limiting belief work. Like, um, well, when I graduated, I was, uh, I was 24. So I had this limiting belief that I was too young to be a doctor. Right. And then what, how to break that limiting belief. I went through an exercise and I was like, well, my school gave me a diploma. The province in Canada licensed me. You know, so I'm like, so I'm graduated and I have a license. So if my government thinks that I'm not too young to be a doctor, if this, you know, so there was all these things and I was like, okay, so maybe I'm not, you know, I, I can do this. And it's the same thing when you just, when you have certain like limiting beliefs, just write it down on a piece of paper and just think then of all the reasons that that's not true. And if you can it. just find one and just find one reason, then you know that, you know, it's not true. And then you can just break that belief and move on. Yeah, I love it. And, and I think, you know, there's, there's something to be said for this podcast when we're talking about, you know, using acuity or, or using, you know, HubSpot or something like that. But if you don't have the right mental and if you don't have the right background within you, no matter what tools you have, it's not going to do you any good. So uh, this conversation today has been absolutely fantastic. And I can't believe we've been talking for an hour. (laughs) Really, I can't believe that either. (laughs) And I need to go because I have another appointment. (laughs) Otherwise, we can just keep talking all day. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me on, Nancy. I really do appreciate it. And I'm just like, as soon as I heard your story, I was like, I I just have to talk to this lady. So I'm just so happy to meet you. Well, I I love it. I, you know, I think this has just been so much fun. And to wrap things up, guys, after a podcast, people often want to know more about mindset and tools and the ways that we can run together. And I'm sure that Vanda would be happy to talk to you and, you know, maybe work with you somehow if, yeah, I don't think you need to travel to debate to work with you, do you? <laughs> no, no. Probably the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Instagram. I'm just dr.vanda, V-A-N-D-A. That's it. I'm easy to find. There isn't too many of us. <laughs> yes, <no. laughs> you know, and if you'd like to hop on a Zoom with me, to find out more about what we do here at Business Success Unlimited, you can find my contact info in the show notes, or you can email me at nancy at businesssuccessunlimited.com. I love this conversation. I hope you guys got a lot of information from it. If you have questions, you're more than welcome to put them in the comment section underneath the podcast when it airs. And if you have any ideas for future shows, let me know and we'll make sure that we get a topic on that you're interested in hearing more about. So until next time, guys, get out there, be productive and soar higher. Take care, y'all, and have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.